Rogar, my friends. That's, I'm doing that in honor of some cool stuff that happened this week. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm the host of this show, the Blizzard Watch podcast, which is about Blizzard and its many games. And I'm super excited about them right now for the first time in a little while. Actually, I'm super excited. Uh, with me is my co-host, Anne Stickney. Anne, are you excited? Sure. I'm actually... <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really unconvincing. No, actually, I am. Um, I... We had a lot of news pop up this week, and it was news that I was not expecting. Um, and on top of that, we got like a new cinematic, which I also was not ex- expecting. And anytime they release a new cinematic, I'm just automatically filled let's, with joy. Uh, straight up, let's uh, segue straight into t- to top stories so we can talk about that cinematic because oh, yes. I've seen some weird reactions to it, and quite frankly, I don't get them. As a guy who is, I'll, I'll just, I'll be completely upfront here. I am not a real big Horde player right now. I'm not a big Horde lore person as much as I used to be. I don't play Horde as much as I used to, but I was super excited to watch that cinematic uh, for a lot of reasons. And the first I feel up like is... we should clarify here. So okay. new cinematic came out. It's a very nice cinematic. The cinematic is called what was what was it called? Safe, Safe Haven. Haven. Safe Haven. Haven. Um, and it features Sourfang and it features Thrall. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Which who we haven't seen in a hot minute, so that's new. Um, and Thrall is in the Grand. And he's not in the grand like alternate Draenor Nagrand. No, he's in the grand like Outland Nagrand, floating. Yep. Everything going on. So apparently that's where he's been hanging out, which surprises me. But okay, okay. I mean that's Agra's homeland, so okay, I get it. But well, it's also where his grandmother is. I mean, did, did she die? I don't remember if Gaia is dead. I don't think or not. so, because they never so, mentioned so, yeah. it. That's where his only remaining family would the be. The thing is, then. is like, we know that she was, I, I hate saying quote unquote on death's door, but I mean, the whole reason that Garrosh was being mopey was because Gaia was like on her way out and he didn't know if he could step up and replace her or whatever. So there was that whole thing going on. But I don't think she's actually like passed on yet, as far as I know, unless it happened off camera. But even like in the shattering, when, when, uh, when Thrall went and met Agra for the first time, Gaia was still there. So, I don't know. Well, so, yeah, it makes sense he would go to the place that where his last remaining family lived and the place that's the la- the closest to the wage, you know, Draenor was. Of all the zones in, in Outland, Nagrand is the closest to Unspoiled. It's not Unspoiled, but it's the closest to it. Like, it still has Ashagun, it still has the, the, you know, the plants and everything. It still looks more or less the way it did. So I can understand going there. I thought that was actually an interesting touch. It was really interesting to see him doing the whole farming thing because it kind of, I don't know how to put it. it. It's, it doesn't full circle him because that's not how what he was. He was never a farmer. It was never his life. He didn't have a homestead. None of that, but it's extremely humble way to live. And after the events of Legion, I'm not surprised he went there um, quite frankly. But wait, what did you think? Like, go ahead and give your like highlights. What the, the best things about it? And here, I'll, I'll jump in. Here is my thought on, the, and I mean, we're probably going to talk about. We're probably going to. We're going to talk about this on Lore Watch over the weekend anyway. But um, when you said it's a very humble way to live, um, I was immediately stricken by what had happened to Thrall. I mean. What we saw in Legion, the Doomhammer just kind of rejected him. The elements just kind of rejected him, right? So this almost feels to me like penance in a way to the elements. 
like he's trying to restore what he can in terms of nature and the balance of things and whatnot and he's doing That's it interesting. on he's doing it on the world where he he was he came from he's doing it on his world he never he never grew up there but that's where he came from that's where his people came from so he's it to me to me the whole I've gone back to my home. I mean, part of it makes sense because, like I said, that's where Agra's from and everything. But the whole farmer thing, I'm like, to me, that feels like he's just trying to atone for what he did. Well, and... I was interested because there's a thing in the if you go and read the Doomhammer entries from the uh, when you in the Legion artifact stuff, uh, you know how every artifact got like a lore book in your in your class order hall. If you read the Doomhammer entries, they heavily imply that Thrall's problem wasn't the elements rejecting him. It was him. He rejected himself. He yeah. was like, he was like, I'm not worthy. I did that thing. I killed him. I shouldn't have. Uh, I got angry, and I can't. You know, it was his, it was his inner turmoil, and not the elements themselves. The elements didn't really care, or if they did, they didn't care enough to to abandon him. But there's a whole thing about how the Doomhammer always does this. Like the Doomhammer gets to a certain point. And then the wielder goes from feeling connected to the elements and feeling powerful to feeling like the thing's a dead weight in his hands. And they specifically mentioned that it happened to Orgrim near wow. the end. So the Doomhammer suddenly felt like a dead weight in his hands and he didn't, it was just a hammer. It wasn't powerful anymore. He couldn't use it. And he was just swinging up a piece of, it was just swinging around a chunk of rock at that point, which is why he stuck a big spike on the top of it. Yeah. <laughs> because it was like, you know, it doesn't, doesn't work as well. So I'll just put a stabby on it. Um, but so that when that happened to Thrall, he passed it on and thus it went to its new wielder and so forth. Um, I th honestly, my favorite part of the whole thing and not wanting to get too much into the lore, but my favorite part of the whole thing was when Sarfang and, and Thrall are talking and that exchange where Thrall gets all. I'm going to say, I'm going to interrupt you very briefly no, because no, we have someone in the chat channel. Ukami is asking, is the cinematic standalone or is it part of an upcoming quest chain? I don't want to spoil anything for 8.2 is why I ask. This is independent. You don't have to worry about spoiling anything. It's just, oh, here's what's going on behind the scenes with things. If you've been playing through all of the quests and things already in, is it 8.1 that we're in right now? 8.1.5. If you've been playing through all of this stuff in the war campaign and all of that other stuff, this is just a continuation of that. It's got nothing to do with anything that's happening in 8.2. It leads into 8.2. Like, there's elements there that will probably play into yeah. 8.2, but it's not spoilers for anything. Anyway, sorry, Rossi, go ahead. No, that's fine. It's much like how Old Soldiers wasn't really spoiling anything. Um, just, I, I really love the interchange between Sarfang and Thrall. I like how Sarfang's voice has developed. Um, the performance is, is brilliant. Uh, but I really love, there's, a, there's an exchange. I don't want to spoil it just because I want people to see it. So if you haven't seen the cinematic yet, go watch it um, and then skip ahead. And if you're watching live, I don't know, plug your ears and go, ah, blah, 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 blah. Um, but there's an exchange where Thrall's like, I don't, I'm not going to be the leader anymore. I'm not going to lead the horde. And Starfang just goes, I didn't ask. And it's brilliant. Was I asking? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I did not ask. Yeah. I didn't ask you to, to lead the horde. I just want someone to help me fight for it. You know, it, it was just, it's a really great exchange. And I, I can't do the voice, the voice acting justice. Because the delivery was just so dry. He's like, I didn't ask. He just, <laughs> it was perfect. It was a perfect moment. See, that's the thing is, for me, whatever you think of Thrall as a character, whether or not you're, you're sick of him or whatever, for me, hearing Thrall talk means I get to hear Chris Metzen again. Yeah. And that's cool. I, I'm never going to not. 
this guy has been so much a part of Warcraft all these years. There's no way I'll never, I always have a little bit. Of, oh, Hey, it's Chris. I, I don't know. It, it just, Orc I like dad. getting it. Yeah. <laughs> and he did it. He did a really good job at the weariness, the, the exhaustion that he, you can tell he feels when you see Starfang. his, they, they did a great job animating it too. Um, the way the character, first off, um, retirement thrall is jacked. Oh yeah. Well, um, I mean, farming so, will do that to you. I don't know. I farmed for years and I didn't get jacked like that. That's wow. Re- retirement thrall. Okay. Is but built. were you using machinery or were you doing everything by hand? Because we I used, can guarantee you thrall yeah. doesn't own a tractor. <laughs> no, we did use tractors, but I also, I did spend a lot of time clearing brush and we had actual scythes that we used. Uh, but yeah, thralls, thralls pumped. Uh, if anything, it was kind of funny to watch because I was thinking back to, to Warlords of Draenor and Thrall there, Thrall there is much less built. Like he was significantly thinner. So yeah, I, I do feel this is actually connected to the garage thing. I feel like in a lot of ways, Thrall and garage were like reflections of each other. Oh yeah. They were like brothers in a, in a very, I mean, both of them, you know, both of them come out of a lot of the stuff Grom did. Both of them had like this connection to, to Gaia. Both of them were young, relatively young. Like Garrosh was a little older than Thrall. Um, and it just, it's interesting to watch. We get to this point where Thrall's like, I don't want to lead. And, you know, there's, he's kind of, he, he's kind of doing his own sulking in the grand thing. There's a real connection between Garrosh and Thrall in terms of their life stories. And in a way, Thrall is doing in this cinematic what Garrosh was doing when we first met him. He was kind of hiding from the world. He was oh, they like dovetailed not, each he, other. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I, I I talk about the cinematic all day, but we do have other things to talk about. So if you've got anything yeah. else to throw out, go ahead and. and no, about. it's okay because, like I said, we're going to discuss this on Lore Watch this weekend anyway, so we'll go into it in more detail there. However, yeah, all kinds of other news that we should talk about. All right, then. Then let's talk about the 15-year World of Warcraft anniversary collection that's coming out. I was not expecting this. No, I. they've never done that before when they didn't have a expansion to do it with. Even like the, even the 10-year anniversary that they did, there was they didn't do... This is a lot. Like, yeah, a they didn't do a collector's edition. edition. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty big. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, the, the, it comes to the Ragnaros statue. Um, what was all like? I I don't remember. There's every, like an Anixia but... pin. There's a, a mouse pad that's a map of Azeroth. Um, which actually that kind of reminds me of like the original WoW mouse pad that was just a map yeah. of the world. Yeah. Anyway, so it reminds mm-hmm. me of that I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Anyway, there's that. Uh, you also get eight frameable fine art prints of like. They said it's like wow's iconic moments, but it's like you know the raid shots and things like that. So it's like frameable art. Um, there are two in-game mounts that you get. There's one alliance, one horde. There's the alabaster storm talon for the alliance and the alabaster thunderwing for the horde. Uh, they're basically it's a stone griffin and a stone wyvern, and they are beautiful. Um, and then, of course, you know, you get 30 days of game time and you get the Ragnaros statue. And that Ragnaros statue, if it's anything like the other statues that they have put out, um, it looks a lot like the wolf statue, like the mini wolf statue that I got for like the 10 year anniversary. Those mm-hmm. things are high quality and they're very, very nice. And it's a good deal. Um you can pre-order all of this stuff, the Anniversary Collector's Edition box. It's like ninety nine ninety nine, which to me, 
on the one hand, I'm like, wow, that's steep. On the other hand, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, the mount's probably like a 20 to $25 mount in the mount store. The statue in and of itself is like another 50 so, I mean, you're getting a good deal. And that doesn't count, like, the art prints and all the other stuff and the 30 days. Get, so it's a good deal. It's not It's not like it's overpriced or anything like that. It's actually a good deal for a collector's set. Um, did I order one? No. <laughs> I have uh, other things I need to be spending my money on, unfortunately. But it's a good deal. Um, the other thing is... If you really like those mounts, but you don't have the $99 to fork over for the collector's edition, they are going to be selling those through the Blizzard shop. Yeah, aren't they sell- they're starting to sell them in August or something like yeah, that? Yeah, in August. It's going to be $25. So you can get your hands on the in-game mounts, even if you don't fork over for the collector's edition, which is really cool, and I appreciate it, because I really like those mounts. Like, I really like the stone mounts. I think they're really pretty. The other thing that's happening um which i i think is fantastic is they are doing some kind of in-game anniversary event thing and there's going to be rewards for doing that uh there's a mount and there's a pet you're going to get an obsidian world breaker mount that looks like the Death- deathwing mount. it looks like it looks like a cross between deathwing and nefarian but there's also a little mini nefarian pet that comes with it and if you log in, you get the little Nefarian. Uh, the mount, there's apparently some kind of challenge thing going on as part of the event. And once you complete all of that, you get the mount. So there's a lot, like, they're doing a lot more for the 15th anniversary than they did for the 10. It's actually pretty, pretty cool because it's like there's two different mounts, a pet, and then all of this stuff from the collector's edition if you want to pay for the collector's edition. Speaking of which, um, as far as the collector's edition goes, if you don't want to wait for the collector's edition, because that collector's edition isn't going to come out until I think it's November. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, or no, excuse me, it's October 8th is when that comes out. If you want to get the mounts before then, you can go ahead and buy them through the Blizzard shop for 25 bucks, And then when you register your collector's edition, you'll be refunded. You'll get a $25 credit to your Blizzard balance. So if you don't want to wait that long, you can get them early. It's fine. Uh, this is pretty cool, though. Like, this, this is... Even with the 10-year anniversary, they didn't do anything, like, this extensive, really? No, it is, it is actually surprising. And it does make me wonder... Since that's going to be coming out right around the time of BlizzCon, it makes me wonder what they're going to announce at BlizzCon. You know I don't what I mean? know. Like, yeah, that's that's an interesting thing to, to be doing this year. So it does make you wonder what, what we're getting for World of Warcraft for BlizzCon. Um, but not to switch away from WoW, because I, I know we're going to come back to WoW, but uh, one story that I thought I should mention now is because uh, as we're recording this, it's May 16th. And that means that Hearthstone's Dalaran Heist is out the yep. uh, the Dalaran heist is available right now. The first two uh, chapters are available right now, and then the next three chapters will release over the next few weeks. So, um, first chapter is free for all players, and each chapter after that costs seven hundred gold for a total of twenty eight hundred, or you can pay nineteen ninety nine and just get all four. Um, but it's yeah, it's kind of like split out a little bit. It's not being released all at once. However, so they're going with the episodic thing that we've seen yeah, a lot in other games DLC yeah, lately. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um and yeah, it it kind of weirds me out a little bit that it took so long for them to come out with it. But I mean, I guess I understand it cuz they they 
was it COSAC? I think it was COSAC. They were saying that the team didn't want to release single player at the same time as the expansion because it splits the player base. Um, and kind of, I don't know. It, it. I guess I get that a little bit, but people. That I get just... it, but I think it's silly. Um, quite frankly, yeah, it splits the player base, but people who want to play single player aren't it... playing Hearthstone with people anyway. Yeah. Like straight up, they're not. Well, and I think that's what kind of bothers me a little bit about it. It's like, well, you're going to release the expansion and all of the multiplayer stuff, and then the people that really, they just want to play that single-player content, they got to sit here and twiddle their thumbs and wait, which is kind of like, uh. But it's out now. It's out. It's available. You can play as, I think there's like, oh, how many different, there's like a bunch of different henchmen that you can pull. Um, and I want See, to say, I knew this. I, I looked it up like a couple of days ago, but then stuff happened and I have in a sense forgotten. I want to so say I... there's like nine different henchmen that you can get. So you're going to take on the role of one of the League of Evil henchmen. Um, it's basically, they're, they're custom characters that represent the nine classes. So each each of these, each of these little henchmen, there's nine of them. Each of them represent the class. So there's a warrior, a druid, a hunter, a rogue, shaman, priest, mage, paladin, warlock. I think they retired the whole Death Knight thing. They did retire the whole day. Yeah, that was thing. just one expansion. Yeah. Um, there are five chapters. It's it's broken into five cha- five chapters, which is kind of... It's like similar to Curse of Naxxramas or, or Black Rock Mountain, where it's all split up like that. Um, the name of the final chapter hasn't been released yet, but on the in-game map, it looks a lot like the Violet Citadel, where Ronan hangs out. So... You have to defeat the chapter before the next one pops up. Each chapter's got unique bosses. They've got a unique rule. There's this thing called twists, right? Um, So the twist is just like this extra little thing thrown in there to make it a little bit more difficult and to swap the challenge up a little bit. But yeah, these are just, these, these are basically, it's a single player, it's a single player campaign. So people that were just looking for the single player content you can go ahead and participate in that now i still don't like i said i still don't get why they split it out like this um to me it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it's okay it feels to me like they're following a more recent model maybe um i'm looking at, i'm thinking about uh games that i've been playing lately include one of them includes assassin's creed origins i've talked about it way too much but it it does that with its dlc it doesn't release the dlc all at once yeah it releases chapters and i feel like that's something that's been going on in other games too instead of having it like one the, the episodic model telltale built an entire game company and then destroyed it and uh you know life is strange has been using that model a lot uh so i i'm not surprised they did it but i feel like I mean, I even like World of Warcraft is kind of doing it in a way, except it's twisted a little bit. But it's like yeah, they'll but... release a patch, but the patch patch comes out. It's like spread out a little bit. You don't get everything all on day one. It's yeah. just kind of sprinkled long. Yeah, that's not the problem for me. The problem isn't doing that. The problem is not having the single player at the same time as the multiplayer. That's just no. People who play Hearthstone single player want to play it single player. They don't want to play with other people. Um, once they, and I think that was one of the best things Hearthstone ever did. Uh, was coming out with a single-player mode. Uh, looking at you, World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that once you have that, you should support it. And that, that to me, is odd. But doing it episodically, I understand. I understand why you want to you wanna like have time to release it in pieces. And that way, if you release it all at once, everybody blazes through it. And then there's like, okay, done with that. So this way they can't. I guess I just... My thing is, it's not... <sighs> 
it's not that everybody that plays single player content just wants to play single player content because the people that play multiplayer they will go play the single player stuff too and clear it out so they get you know the goodies or whatever yeah, you can get from it and then they're done with true. it right they're done with it and everything it's just the people that only want to play that single player stuff you're making them wait longer for it and i don't know that just doesn't feel very good regardless no, I, I totally agree with you it's available to play you can go check it out like i said first chapter is free so if you just want to check it out and see how it plays see how the twist thing works all that other stuff you can go check it out for free and then decide if you want to get the later chapters uh it looks like a bunch of fun i hearthstone single player stuff is really good i don't yeah if you don't get know into that, the multiplayer stuff anymore at all because quite frankly with metas and cards and all this other it's just it's gotten too far over my head <laughs> there's only so much i want to mentally calculate when i play a card game and like Hearthstone has kind of built itself up to a level where it's like, yeah, I don't think I really want to play against other people, but playing against the computer, yeah, sure, that's a good time. So yeah, I don't even I don't even play card games that much, and the few times I've dipped into Hearthstone, the single player stuff is almost it's almost always well designed. It's fun. It's usually interesting ideas. Um, the 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 one that Anne mentioned, the the uh, Knights of the Ebon Blade type one, I forget what it's called. If that wasn't what it was called, but it was. It was the Death Knight one. It was the Death Knight one, and it wasn't Knights of the Everblade. I can't remember what it was called. Whatever it was, the expansion was really well done. The the Lich King fight, I remember watching a friend play it and going like, this is crazy. So yeah, the the single-player stuff has been very good. Yeah, they're really good with the single-player stuff. Like, the single-player stuff is super fun to play. And don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the multiplayer stuff. I love watching, like, the tournaments and things like that because they get really, really interesting. It's just me, myself, and my brain, I cannot mentally calculate that fast. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So I'm not going to put anybody through that misery. Um, Anyway. Okay. Yeah, but to move on to another story, since we were, you know, talking about it earlier, and because we're streaming it now, we might as well talk about it. Uh, WoW Classic has its official launch date. Uh, it's August twenty sixth to twenty seventh, I guess, depending where you are in the world. Yeah. Um, and the beta, the beta began yesterday. It's invite only. There's no such thing as beta keys. You will, you'll have it turned on. Basically, what happens is, uh, you'll get an email from Blizzard saying, "Hey, you're in the beta," and then when you go to your uh, launcher, you should restart it. If you don't see it, but you restart it and you go to just your World of Warcraft uh, tab and the little drop down bar above the play button will have the, the, the WoW Classic beta downloadable. And if you don't see it, but you got the email from Blizzard, restart uh, your Battle.net launcher because that's what I had to do. I actually had to restart it twice, but once I got it, once it was updated properly, there it was. So, uh, yeah, that's that's happening right now. The, the beta is happening right now. And the game is coming out in August, so we've got May, June, August. July. Yeah, so we got yeah. May, Gen- May, June, July, and most of August to test this thing out, and make sure it's good. So far, aside from the servers being a little unstable, it's been really good. Like I'm not having any major problems here. Um, you can see me use, like walking my character around right now if you want, but that's not. Important. If you're watching on Twitch, if you're listening yes. to a later recording, sorry, you can't see it anymore. Just imagine okay. me doing it. <laughs> we've had well i think mitch was streaming classic last night for like several hours and i think we're just gonna have more people streaming as time goes on uh the classic beta experience i haven't gotten it I, it hasn't popped up for me or anything but that's okay if it does cool if it doesn't well, that's all right i've still got like the regular game to play i what do you think of late august 
I was wondering if they were going to push it all the way to September. I was thinking they might push it to September 21st, like the the absolute last day. I really thought they might. But, I mean, they've been doing internal testing. My thing is, is I honestly find myself wondering what they're beta testing. Like, the only thing I can really think, you you know, what what are you beta testing? Because here's the thing. I didn't expect the models to be the old models. Like, I'm looking at the old Night Elf model here. This is not the new updated one. This is the old one. Like, well, no, they're um, not going to have the new models, are they? They're not, no. But I originally had thought they might um, because they were talking about how they were importing the uh, old game into the new engine. But they've, they've made a lot of work to make this look and run just like the old game. Um, and, and for the most part, it does. Uh, I noticed, like the, we, we were talking on, on the pre-show, I've noticed some changes that I think weren't in the original. Mm. Like the, the fact that they, when the starting zone, the, uh, the mobs are not immediately hostile. But aside from that... Um, it looks like wow, it's it's just old wow. It's the way I it was. I think what they're beta testing. I think what they're beta testing is number one, they want to make sure that all of the quests are functioning properly and the rewards are functioning properly, and that the terrain, any of the uh, model errors that they had run into, where it was like old models, new models, the textures don't match up or whatever, that's all fixed. And then I think the other thing, and this leads into another story that we were going to talk about anyway, um, they're using a new system to help reduce queue times and improve server stability, and they're calling it layering. It's not, it's not like sharding servers, because sharding, we've experienced that before, where you'll have players that are all on a server, but if they're all in one location, every now and again you'll see somebody that just disappears and it's because they're on a different shard or whatever. It's like a dynamic system that they do to compensate for large server populations, that kind of thing. This works differently. They had like a really good sort of uh, metaphor for it. They said, uh, imagine a tray that's got like an empty glass on it. And that tray, it's a single server in WoW Classic. So that empty glass is a layer. And when you log on to the game, you'll be in a flood with other players. So you're going to pour that water into a glass, right? Once that glass is full, then they're going to put another glass there and start filling that up with players. So you're always going to be with that group of people that you were initially with to begin with. You're all on the same server. All these glasses are on the same server. So if you have a friend that you want to group with or whatever, you can go ahead and like group with your friend and everything. um, And you'll see them when you group with them. But it works independently. So it's not it's not the same as sharding. It's something a little bit more elegant than sharding as far as functionality goes. And I feel like that's probably part of what they're testing here, particularly when they do the stress test days that they're going to do. They'll be yeah, testing that, that. Yeah, they'll be testing that layering mechanic and see how that works. The other interesting thing about this though is that um it's like it's not going to last forever. It's just going to be for like that first phase of WoW Classic and then everything will kind of... Basically what this is for is because they are expecting, much like, uh, well, they didn't expect it originally. When World of Warcraft first came out, they did not expect the flood of players that they got and they had to turn on servers left and right and left and right and left and right and it was mass chaos. And you remember this. I know you remember this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're trying to avoid that. 
So the layering thing is to kind of compensate for any sort of swarm of players that are checking it out first thing and logging in on day one to play with it. And then once people decide I'm going to stick around or I'm not going to stick around, they expect that initial flood is going to die down. Not everybody's going to want to stay on the classic servers, and they know that. Uh, there are a lot of people that are going to check it out just because they're curious, and then they may dip out. So that layering thing, it's not going to be forever. It's just to deal with that initial impact. And I actually, I think that's really clever. And I'm wondering if it works for classic, if it's something that we're going to see implemented for like the first day or week or so of new expansions from here on out. I'm almost certain that that's going to be something that gets used in the future. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I mean, the, the reason thing... I think that is because we've seen the past two expansions, they always get hammered the first day it launches. Oh, yeah. Like, people come back every time, and then after a while, it dies down and the numbers drop. And I think for WoW Classic, if 10% of the people who clamored for this actually show up to play it, it's going to get hammered. Um, it's oh, yeah. It's absolutely destroyed. So it is a good system to have worked out, and we'll see how well it works in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, though, because... If they can make it so these launches are smoother, more power to them, man. That's, that'll yeah, be great. but I feel like that's probably part of what they're beta testing. It's just, it's not, hey, do these quests have errors or hey, do these classes need balanced? Because that didn't exist back then so much. And they know where the classes are supposed to be and what the numbers are supposed to look like. That's just a matter of, you know, making sure the right numbers are there. And I think they've got all of that established. I think right now what they're beta testing is purely like the mechanical stuff, like the server side stuff, the stuff that we aren't necessarily going to notice immediately, but like, you know, texture mapping things, holes in the maps, if there are any, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like they mentioned when in BlizzCon last year, mm -hmm. that weird stuff happened that they didn't expect when they plugged right. in the old, the old data into the new system like some lights didn't exist anymore or were the weird colors or they were so just like they fix. were a color that they weren't supposed to be because that got shifted at some point you know that kind of thing and it's like yeah. okay well you know that's the kind of thing that i can see them beta testing for that and like i said the layering tech anything like that that they're going to use that isn't going to it's not going to affect the way that you play the game and it's not going to affect how you feel when you play the game it's just to keep things stable and running smoothly I think that's what they're going to be testing is just is everything going to run smoothly because that they've never done anything like this before <laughs> i mean they dug up an old copy of wow out of a garage like the source code <laughs> and they managed to jam it in the new system and make it work so i mean this has never been done before and I, I imagine they are just like bracing themselves for August to see what happens. And actually that kind of leads into the next story thing too. Um, oh yeah. Um, the, the, this one I'm going to say because I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, the burning crusade and wrath might get wow classic treatments as well. If there's enough interest. Yeah. Um, this is from Jay Allen Brack. Uh, he was talking in an interview and he, 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 he did dropped an interview with Forbes where he was talking yeah. about a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, and he just dropped this little bomb in the middle of it, and it was like, what? Um, you've never said anything about this. Uh, excuse me? I find that fascinating because, I mean, there are people who would go absolutely nuts for either of those. Um, I yeah. Frankly, of the th of the three possibilities, burning the Burning Crusade. Crusade one is the one I'm most interested in. Absolutely, Burning uh, Crusade. Wrath, I loved Wrath, it. 
Wrath was when I began to have my first break, my first burnout period. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it just the rating got to be too much, and especially the big round room. I was gonna say the big round room. That's about where it was like. I was I was rating that thing four times a week because it was ten normal, ten heroic, twenty five normal, and twenty five heroic. I was in it four times a week. It was like no. No, and there's nothing and you don't here. Go anywhere. But... You just sit in the room and things come to you until the very end. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah, the no. end is the best part. The end is the part that's get, interesting. You get a change in scenery. <laughs> you get a change in scenery, and you get to see some different. There's some trash. There's some actual trash. And you get to clear your way. You know, it isn't that hard. I mean, you just clear it because so it won't be in the room. It's not like it attacks you, but you can still clear it, and you do. So you can go fight Anubarak. And Anubarak and summons that... adds. And... I, I do have to, like, say for the record that initially I really liked that raid because there was no trash. Because we'd gone from Ulduar to that. Which was, yeah. Ulduar, Ulduar had a lot of trash. Ulduar was trash central. It was all over the place. He had the whole vehicle combat, all that other stuff. This was really simple. You walk into a space, you fight a boss. And I thought that that was great for, like, the first two or three weeks. Yeah, I was gonna say for me, it was the first month I was fine with it. Yeah, and then it got but, real old real fast. Yeah, because it, it it is funny how you never think about how trash serves as a break. Uh, it teaches you what the next guy's gonna do. A lot of the times, they use trash to teach you. Okay, here's a here's a watered down version of the mechanic you're gonna fight later. Get used to it. You know what I mean? That there's that's a aspect of trash I hadn't considered at the time. There's a, there's just a lot to it. Um and. Yeah, uh, that, but that's. I think was, we should point out though that this article it is not a confirmation that they are going to do anything. No, he literally he says, says if there's enough interest, we will consider it. He said if WoW Classic is wildly successful, and there are a huge amount of people that are in it, and they are interested in more, and people are interested in seeing more beyond Classic then it's something that they would consider and they will talk about at that point in time. Right now, there are no plans for it, but they have the ability to do it now. And they didn't have the ability to do this originally. So, you know, it's it's something that could happen down the road. If people think yeah, it's Now cool. that they've put the framework in to do WoW Classic, yeah. they have the, the ability to do all the other stuff. And that's pretty interesting, in my opinion. Uh, I'm I'm... I like I said I would be down for a Burning Crusade one. Uh, I, it's not that Wrath isn't good. I always upset people when I say nasty things about Wrath because I'm you know I'm trying to joke and get upset. I actually think Wrath is a great expansion, but it's the one where I didn't I didn't get as excited about it as I did other ones. Because by the end of Wrath, I was beating my head against a heroic um, Arthas. Oh yeah, twenty five man King. heroic Lich King, and it was yeah. just like oh god, oh god, oh god. Until we you know, and it's just. The the problem with with gear inflation and you know different modes of rating got to be in a I fever think, pitch. In I think Rat. it was it was the introduction because we didn't have anything that resembled hard mode until Ulduar, and Ulduar had that thing where it was like if you went into a boss and you did a certain mechanic or you flipped a certain switch, all of a sudden you were in hard mode and the loot changed, and everybody thought that was kind of interesting. And then when the uh, Argent tournament came out, that's when everybody 
that's when they flip to like just the different difficulty levels. Like you flip a switch and it's a different difficulty level. Yeah, and the Sars game changed too. Yeah, the game changed in kind of a, a fundamental way at that point. Um, yeah, but in Sarth and Old in Sarth and Olduvar, you had to do different stuff, and the mechanics changed because you were doing that different stuff. Right, but I'm talking about when they implemented yeah, when that whole to, switch. Yeah, when you went to when they implemented that whole switch where it was like you can do 10 man or you can do 25 man and there is normal road mode and there is heroic mode once they put that in there they kind of fundamentally changed the way that the game worked as far as rating was concerned and it was the biggest change that we'd seen since they went from 40 man raids down to 25 in burning crusade um and then the other thing, the other thing with Wrath, the other thing with Wrath that I was always kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. And it was another one of those dy- dynamic shifts was that they introduced the group finder. That was when it came in, was Wrath of the Lich King. Um, and that was another thing that really, it changed the face of the game. It changed how the game worked altogether. So I don't know. I, like I said, I don't hate Wrath. In fact, I think Wrath was very good and a lot yeah. of stuff it brought in I liked. It did a lot not... of things for the game. Yeah, I'm just not as excited about it as I would be a Burning Crusade one. A Burning Crusade one is something I'd actually really like to see. Whereas Wrath, if it comes, I'd probably mess around with it. But I think the other problem is that BC is when I got back into raiding after a long break at the end of of uh, yeah. WoW. Yeah. Whereas Wrath, I raided throughout it. I was raiding the whole time. So I'm intimately Same. familiar with the content. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it is one of those things. Uh, but I certainly don't think it was a bad expansion. Uh, I think yeah. for me, the reason why I'm gung-ho about Burning Crusade, seeing a Burning Crusade one, is because a lot of the events that were implemented for Burning Crusade, you can't do anymore. Like, you can't bring Thrall in a Grand and play through the whole scene with Gairosh. Like, that just isn't there anymore. Yeah, and that's the same, absolutely something, yeah. It's the same with Wrath, in a way. Wrath had oh, that the Wrath whole gate. battle for the Undercity thing that's not yeah, there anymore. That... So seeing that come yeah. back, I'd be gung ho about that. Like the reason that I would be cool with these things coming back, and, and classic versions of these things coming back, is just because I want to see those things implemented again. That's it. Yeah, I can I can see that. That is definitely an, something that I would be interested in seeing. But it it does come down to you know just for me, there's a lot of stuff in BC I'd like to see again. So. Okay. Yeah, but they're both cool. Uh, but think... we got one, one last thing to talk about really fast. Uh, okay. The Mechanomes, they have a dancing animation. They do. Yeah, the Mechanomes, um, the Mechanome race is coming in 8.2. They're going to be on Mechagon, obviously, Mechagon Island. Um, they are gnomes that have replaced parts of their bodies with mechanical parts. And apparently they have their own little dance animation. It's it's just for them. Um and a lot of people are wondering if this means that the Mechanomes are going to be a new allied race. The thing is, is like, maybe, but maybe not. And we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, how you no, feel no about one this. said no one said anything about another allied race yet. I mean, we have nothing other than our own speculation. I mean, we saw the Volpera and thought, oh, they'd make a great allied race. And I think everybody kind of ran away with it, not realizing no one has actually said we're going to get them. You know what I mean? Like. It would be kind of cool if we did, but no one's actually said we're going to. I mean, it was the same thing with the Volpera and um, the Sethrak, I think, even. They've all got animations for, like, getting the heart of Azeroth. Like, they all have animations for that. But they weren't announced as allied races, and they still 
apparently aren't going to be allied races or anything. So the fact that the mechanomes have this dance doesn't mean automatically that they're going to be an allied race. It could be just because when you're wandering around Mechagon Island, seeing somebody drop into an idol and just doing the robot would be pretty fun to see. And they just decided to add it at that point. I'm not going to yeah. rule out the idea of these guys being an allied race at one point in time or another. Like, I'm not going to rule it out because I don't, I don't like to rule any of that out. But people shouldn't pin their hopes on it just because it popped up. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah. I think it's also some of the times that they have these animations, like the Heart of Azeroth animation and so forth, is because they're built on a framework from another race that already has it. Like, for instance, the Volpera definitely seem to be using the goblin skeleton and some of the goblin animations. And I think that's why they have the Heart of Azeroth one, because it's they're built on that, and that's why they have it. Um, so, I mean, obviously sometimes that means they're going to be an allied race because like the high mountain Torn are built on the Torn skeleton, the uh, Nightborn are built on a night elf skeleton, although vastly changed their dance is still the night elf dance. Um, there there's work has been done, but they're still using, they're using animations from other races because it's, it's a way to do them faster. If that makes sense. So yeah, it's possible that that's the reason why they have it. Don't assume just because somebody has something that, they're going to become playable or playable anytime soon. Uh, but they might. And if they are, cool. I think Volpera are cool and I'd like to see them. I think Mechanomers are cool and I'd like to see them. Uh, I do feel like... I, I was one of the people who was really upset when Nightborn went to the Horde. Uh, yeah. For story, for story reasons. But having Nightborn in the Horde at least means the Horde get a different looking race. And the same with Void Elves. At least with Void Elves in the Alliance, the Alliance get a different looking group. It's not just... As much as I love my light, my my light forged, my light forged just looks like a draenei. Like you have to really look at it to notice it's a different species. Same. Well, and same, I mean, it's the yeah. same thing with the high mountain tauren. Yeah. You oh, you have antlers. <laughs> that's that's not that's really it. All okay. That, yeah, well, that's, that's the major difference. Um, it's a little bit more noticeable, but yeah, still. One of so one's got it, antlers. The other one has like tattoos and glowing gold eyes. It's like. Okay. Yeah. So having having mecha gnomes would just be especially if armor covers the arms and legs because they have robotic limbs. If armor covers it, then they just look like gnomes. And if arm, armor doesn't cover it, you lose out on armor. I think that's why they're actually... Yeah. That's one of the reasons, though, that I think it's good that they're changing transmog to let people turn off almost everything. Because that way, if you've got replacement limbs, you could show them off. Um, the downside being you, know, you still won't be able to take off your pants. Uh, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> Maybe mechanomes can can get the Forsaken tailors to give them pants that show off more leg. Uh, that's Forsaken got that. Why shouldn't robot robot gnomes? But yeah, okay. overall, I mean, I'd like to see them, but I I'm not gonna. Blizzard has said nothing about it. They've they've they never never even hinted at it. Uh, so it's not like you can't get mad that they haven't given you something they never said they'd give you in the first place. If that makes sense. Sometimes it yeah. feels like people get upset. Oh, we wanted mechanomes. We didn't get them. It's like, yeah, but they didn't say they were going to give them to you. What do you, why are you getting mad? You're getting mad over a gift. You didn't, you were never promised. So that's my take on it. Okay. Okay. Is that pretty much takes us from our top stories though, doesn't it? That's pretty much everything. Yeah. And we've got like 10 minutes left. So <laughs> yeah, let's, let's try to do an email. Um, okay guys. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. Um, we will take questions on anything. Sometimes we have busy news weeks, so we don't get a chance to answer as many as we'd like, but we still love getting them and we still try and push them forward and answer them whenever we can. 
Uh, Anne, if you don't mind. I Yeah, this, this email that I've got here, it's not exactly a question. It's just them bringing up something that I think maybe is worth some additional commentary because they have a really good point, if that makes sense. Um, and this is from Shad, who says... I was on board with Rossi's wish to make zones level from 1 to 110 so players could pick their own path. Then I came upon Shadowmoon Valley in Outland while trying to complete some zones for Loremaster. I started playing in Cataclysm, so I never encountered it when the players were actually there. I'm currently 10 levels above, so I could complete the large number of group quests, and I'm now trying to find rare supplies for this human blacksmith. I don't have a question, but if any Blizz people are listening, this kind of thing would make Loremaster almost impossible if something like Rossi suggested was actually implemented. I, like I said, they don't have a question in here, but that's actually a good point because there are parts of the world right now that are almost impossible to do quest-wise just because they're group quests. Um, particularly Ice Crown. I think Ice Crown was probably the biggest offender for that. Yeah, but I think what we're saying isn't that they're impossible to do. It's we're saying they're impossible to solo. Yeah. If If it was scaling... If these zones scaled up to 100 or 110 or whatever, you wouldn't be able to outlevel them to come back and solo them. Right. And that's a fair point. Um, one assumes that if everybody was like leveling, if everything scaled to level, you could have a level 20 person doing that zone and a level 100 person doing that zone team up and effectively finish the group quests. That's one possibility since they everything would scale the group quests would scale as well. And you could get a group of disparately leveled people together and finish those quests. That's I think one my big thing here is that um, if you open the doors as wide as you suggested, and don't get me wrong, I like the idea that you suggested as far as every zone should just be a 1 to 110 zone so you can pick wherever you want to go. If you do that, though, you're kind of spreading people out because not everybody's going to gravitate to the same place. That's true. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, and one possibility, like I said, is to basically make it so that the quests are completely scalable so that if there are two people in a zone and they're wildly disparate levels, they could still complete it. Just... The other possibility is simply to get rid of group quests at those levels. Yeah. Make them solo. Because I'm, I'm just um, remembering, point... like I'm remembering back in, back in Wrath of the Lich King, when Wrath first came out and everybody was leveling through it, it was really easy to get through Ice Crown because everybody was out there doing the group quests. So it was really easy to find people that were doing them. But then when we got closer to the end of the expansion, it was almost impossible. It was like pulling teeth to try and get through Ice Crown because there just weren't that many people there that were doing that stuff anymore. And this was before, like, Group Finder and everything. Um, yep. Well, it was before Enduring. Cause group, uh, but it's before, it was before actual Group Finder. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Group Finder, like, for quests was... and things like that. Yeah, it, it was, and there is certainly something to be said for the idea of you want to put in some limitations just so people don't end up scattered all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, there's, which is one of the reasons that we have the leveling stuff that we do now where it scales up to, say, 60, and then these two expansions scale up to 80 and then so forth. Um, and I get that. I do think it's surmountable. Um, and I do think one of the ways to do it would simply be to remove them as group quests, make them something that could be soloed. There's not much benefit in leaving leveling content with quests that you have to get a group together to do. Because at this point, I personally I like content... the way I like the way that they've been doing it. The way that it's shifted towards, um, particularly with like uh, scenarios and things like that, where um, 
oh, I'm thinking of like Legion invasions, right? You go do the Legion invasion and you're doing all the quests by yourself. And then at the end, you kind of queue up with the NPC and then they stick you in a scenario. It's just a scenario. They just yeah, randomly you people, stick you yeah. in it. So you don't have to go looking for a group or anything like that. And I think I like it when it's handled like that because it's kind of, it takes the pressure off of the players. Like they don't have to look for other people to do this stuff with. They're just put with a couple of people and everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants to do the same thing. They want to get the stuff done. So they get the stuff done and then it's good to go and you're done. Yeah. There's certainly, that's certainly another aspect, another way you could do it. Mm-hmm. It's just have these things become queuable scenarios. Anyway, uh, I, I think it's surmountable, but it is, yeah, it is a good point. I think we have time for like one more email. So I want to go ahead and do one more here. Okay. If that's okay. Uh, this one sure. is from Speedlancer from Discord who says, Query for Blizzard Watch. The news of Lorthamar's new sword started a conversation about something speculated about a little over a year ago. Heritage weapons that could have come with heritage armor. Looking into it, I was also reminded of different colors for the heritage mm-hmm. armors that were data mined around the same time. My question, has there ever been a data mined thing or event that wasn't implemented which you would have liked to have seen go live i am having a trouble coming up with just one so if you want to go first go for it um data mine stuff that didn't go live i'm thinking do you know okay i talk about this a lot and i bring it up as an example of why you shouldn't trust everything that you see in data mining um Mm -hmm. you remember that whole thing with rommel yeah, it was one of one of the ones I was going to say. So yeah, I remember. Yeah, Rommel was supposed to be a traitor to the Horde, just like Benedictus was a traitor to the Alliance back in Cataclysm. And there was actually more dialogue that was data mined with Benedictus, where it was him and Varian talking back and forth that never made it into the game. And I almost kind of wish that they had left that in the game, because I feel like it would have made for a more interesting story as it was i think the benedictus reveal kind of fell a little flat in comparison to what had been data mined because that yeah, dialogue i was back okay and with forth... ramath not going like i was okay with ramath not being a traitor was it Rommel or but ramath? i really it was ramath it was ramath, high, the, okay. the high magister but um i i really do feel you're right about benedictus because instead just some no-name guy was the one plotting everything in stormwind and we kill him and it doesn't mean anything yeah Whereas originally it would have been you go through all that, you find out it's Benedictus, he escapes, and you're like the, the Archbishop, and everybody knows that he did and it. Everybody's and everybody's just like, oh. Yeah. And it's and just it, this it big reveal this... moment, and it just, mm-hmm. mm, it, it, you didn't get the reveal. Yeah, and... I think that that's absolutely a good a good example. Well, and I think that Ramoth, having, having that happen with Ramoth, would also have given the Horde a little bit of something to work with there, as far as... True. The guy that they ended up using as a traitor was just some dude Garage knew vaguely. It was yeah. It, was like, it, yeah. it wasn't anybody it wasn't anybody that had any kind of importance. And at that point, with Cataclysm and with everything that had happened in Wrath leading into Cataclysm, the Blood Elves hadn't really featured heavily in anything too much. So it would have been kinda of like out of left field and kind of been a surprise. And I, I sort of wish that they had left that in there. Um and then the other thing, I mean data mine thing or event that wasn't implemented. I was going to say the other thing that I would change would be like, <laughs> please don't kill Fandral Saghelm, but <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything data mine. So did you have anything else on your list? Yes. There is a two-handed sword that was data mined in Alduar. 
they gave it to trash mobs. I remember this. I've wanted the sword for at this point, uh, geez, seven years. That's because it was 2009. So yeah, no, no, it's 2019. So 10 years. I've wanted this for 10 years and they came close with one of the arms warrior artifact appearances, but it's still not quite the same. It doesn't look quite right. It has similar stylings, but it's not the same. I've wanted that sword forever. I don't know why they didn't put it in. It drove me crazy because it was data mined as an actual old war drop. It wasn't just, this is going to be on trash mobs. It was a drop. And then it never came to pass. It never came into the game. It never existed. It's so frustrating. (laughs) I look at every time I go into Alduar, or in fact, anytime I do um, the, uh, the the Dragon Soul raid in Cataclysm, because the NPCs who drop onto the boat, the the Vrykul who jump onto the boat, are also using it. And every time I'm like, why isn't this an item? So yeah, that that right there. <laughs> I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, and I'm pretty sure that after we end the show, I will think of like a half dozen things I could have put in there too. But yep. That's okay, because we need to wrap up the show here anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the, or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you, Anne. Uh, again, guys, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Not every week is going to be super busy like this one, so we'll get to more emails in the future, we hope. Uh, we really do love getting emails, so thank you so much for sending them. And uh, guys, this has been the show. Uh, thank you so much for being here every week with us. We're going to be here next week. 